Welcome back to Eddie's Launchpads. Stand by for action. This is your captain speaking. We've been cleared for departure. Okay, Eddie, start the countdown. Five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Now, this summer, Mrs. Waters and I were lucky to enjoy a VIP trip to Wiltshire. It's a wonderful county. Go and have a look. There's all sorts of places to go and see. It's really fascinating. Um, But we went to Wiltshire to see and meet many of the fabulous creatures living in the beautiful surroundings of the Longleat Estate. Now, you may, may know Longleat because it's on Animal Park. If you watch BBC's Animal Park, that's all the animals in Longleat. Listeners, if you've not yet been, you are missing a wonderful treat. I've been waiting to visit this place for over 50 years, so it was a wonderful surprise when Mrs Waters arranged a visit there. We had an incredible, very emotional day in the park. And dear listeners, young and old who are listening to this, if you go, then you, like us, will be laughing one moment and have tears in your eyes the next as you listen and learn from the incredible keepers in that park, all fighting to preserve many breeds of creatures and animals living in the park. Work began by the seventh Marquis of Bath and uh, now continues through his son today. When it first opened many decades ago, my dad would never take me. He refused because he said the lions who would walk around the park would scratch his precious car. So imagine how excited I was to drive through those famous gates over 50 years later when we drove through them in August. And I'm excited again today as Eddie and I welcome to his launch pad, Kim from Longleat. Welcome to the show, Kim. Hi, Dave. Thanks for having me. Now, uh, thank you for being a part of this. We're so grateful to you for all the work that you do. Can you give us a history of the park? How did it grow into what it is today? So originally, um, it was Henry Lord Bath, who you're quite right, was the seventh Marquess. Um, He opened the house in 1948 uh, to assist him with paying death duties. So he opened it to the public and... um, he was the first person in the country to do so with a, with a historical house. Um, so he's a bit of a renegade, really. And then a couple of years later, uh, he made friends with Jimmy Chipperfield, who obviously used to run the circuses and things. Um, and they both concocted this idea of, you know, they'd seen the success of safari drive throughs in Africa. Um, so they thought, why not? We'll give it a bash here. So put up a great big fence, bought in 50 lions, obviously, the general public in the area went absolutely bonkers thinking they were all going to get eaten. Um, and then it was about, I think it was a pound a car to come through. Um, and queues went for four miles up the road, trying to people trying to get in. So it was very, very successful <clears throat> and has continued to grow. So that's due to obviously animals not only needing our help, but also offering what people want to see as well as what it is. So there's certain animals that we have guinea pigs and things like that that don't have 
that conservation value, but they do open up a conversation. So they use like ambassador animals, if you like. Um, so yeah, so now obviously the park is massive. Um, Animal Park's been going 20 plus years now. Um, so people can have a little look at that. Um, I do believe there's a few episodes on um, Netflix as well. Um, but yeah, so it's 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 huge now. We've got still got 900 acres of parkland. Um, and it's not just us, obviously. It's um, all the the people that we work with as well. Your your conservation work is so well known around the world. What would you say are the greatest conservation concerns and challenges regarding the animals and creatures at Longleat now? Gosh, well, we've got so many um, <clears throat> critically endangered species, which obviously um, are part of breeding programmes and stuff that we're involved in. So um, goes from sort of really big animals down to small spiders and stuff like that so obviously it's it's right across the board um so the challenges are you know those gene pools getting smaller out in the world and us being able to to find um unrelated animals within the zoo community so that opens us up to europe and further afield um we've got lots of people on the estate that that run these um breeding programs and help with stud books and things like that so that's one thing um, I think animals like uh, red pandas and stuff like that, they're one of the ones that, you know, people, for whatever reason, because I suppose probably because they're cute and cuddly, much like the koalas, um, but people really connect with them. So one of our most successful fundraising events in the year is Red Panda Day in September, um, and they're massively endangered out in the wild. So just raising that awareness, uh, but also... I think our native wildlife as well, you know, people always think of conservation as being this, you know, it's got to be elephants or rhinos or, you know, all those sorts of animals. But with the native wildlife on the estate, we do so much with that as well, you know, and have, have done more over the last few years. So I think it's just education, really. That's one of the biggest challenges is getting that message out there. It was such a joy to see on Animal Park the beavers <laughs> back in the park. And it was a big surprise for you, wasn't it? It's huge. We haven't had beavers on the estate for over 400 years. Wow. Incredible. So, yes, it, it's huge. Um, yeah, I've not been allowed to go up to the den, but um, obviously we try, well, the lodge, we try to keep it um, as private as possible. Quite. But we do see the dam, the the work that they do on the lake and the, and the dams that they, the bits that they take to use to make the dams. So, it's yeah, it's quite amazing to, to see that that change in the landscape. Yeah, yeah, incredible. Um, when we visited in August, uh, we saw at first hand the incredible work that you're all doing with the koala conservation. Um, I, I know that um, they, as you mentioned, you know they do look quite cuddly, but that that when you when you see their paws, <laughs> you realise you can't really cuddle them, and nor should you. Can you share with our listeners? how that project is going at the moment because obviously you know animal park hasn't been on for a while uh so can you tell us how things are going if that go if everything's going okay still and and are there any particular projects other projects that you wish to mention when it comes to conservation uh so the koala project is doing really really well um we've had two babies now uh so obviously we've had hazel and monty so a boy and a girl um, and we now have a, another unrelated female that's moved in with us. Her name's Yanni. Um, she would have been in her quarantine when you visit us in August because uh, she came to us from Japan. But she's now out and about with the others. <clears throat> so she'll be mixed in 
with either Dennis or Burke. Um, and then again, that's a fresh bloodline. So it, it's going really, really well indeed. Um, with regards to other projects, there's so many bits and pieces. So on our website, um, there is, if you go into the animal section, right down to the bottom, uh, there's a bit on conservation there. Um, and I've been putting various different bits and pieces on there um, as we, we go along. But obviously I mentioned the red pandas before. Uh, that's a huge one for us. Um, we've had keepers go out to Nepal. Elephant osteopathy is one that we've been doing um, recently. So Anne, our elephant, she has um, an osteopath come in and see her once a month. And his name is Tony Nevin. And he then goes out to Thailand a couple of times a year and teaches uh, people out there how to look after their their elephants as well so obviously they're a bit like uh, working animals over there aren't they so rather than, mm. than sort of pets um so a couple of our keepers went out this year to to assist with that so you know conservation takes many many different forms um we've got our water vole uh re release on the lake uh so that's another brilliant one we haven't had water voles for about 50 years uh down here at Longley. uh so we've now got hundreds is working really really well um and tree tree planting as well so um i've been helping out with acorn collecting and planting of trees uh, around the estate as part of our heritage management plan so taking it back to what it what it was so mm. yeah all sorts of stuff mm. we we were amazed at the huge variety of animals in the park i mean one day simply isn't enough is it i mean not to see everything you really if you if you're thinking of going listeners um you know book a weekend or or if you can afford it stay stay <laughs> close <laughs> stay very yeah. close because that's that's even better to get the full extent of of the park it's not just about you don't just the great thing about longleat listeners is that you don't just sit in your car and and drive through um and and then you drive out the other end and it's all over you can do that but what I suggest you do is spend the whole day there or maybe a weekend there. And that gives you a chance to, to, to see much, much more. It's uh, it's an incredible place. And that's why it's so we're so lucky to get Longley onto the launch pad today. Um, if our listeners visit Longley, what can yeah. they expect to see and enjoy? Oh, goodness, there's so much. Um, so at this time of year... Um, obviously, uh, light levels are dependent on uh, on a lot of things. So the animals go to bed fairly early. The last entry to Safari Park is about two o'clock. Um, uh, but we do have the festival of light on at the moment. Obviously, that's that's quite a big draw for a lot of people. Um, this year is bigger than ever. Uh, but with regards to the animals and stuff, um, gosh, we've got animals that you can feed. We've got animals that you can walk through their enclosures. Mm. You know, we've got obviously the safari park where you know you can sit in your there's an area to get out as well um and you can i mean if you look deeper you know there, like you say mm. there's there's native wildlife around so you know part of uh they did on animal park hamza uh, the cameraman he took um like an hour mm. and wrote down all the birds that he'd spotted and there's, mm. there's tons of them we've had mm. white-tailed sea eagles over the park you know there's there's so much stuff mm. also our sister um, site Cheddar Gorge. Um, I don't know if you had a chance to go over there, but um, it's it's an area of outstanding natural beauty, and it's also uh, an area of special scientific interest as well. Mm. So there's so much stuff over there as well, and to go into the caves is is just amazing. So mm. yeah, there's absolutely tons of stuff going on. Like you say, you can't you can't get it all done in one day. 
No, 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 you can't. And it's uh, for for those, uh, particularly for those who are taking families. If you're going over in a family car, I mean, there's so much for there's child, there's something for for children of all ages. You've got the train, of course. You've got the boat mm-hmm. where you can you can feed the um, the the sea lions and all. It's just just an, an yeah. amazing place. And uh, certainly, um, if you're thinking of going, listeners, um, it's well worth you booking two or three days and, and enjoying the whole of the park. It really is. Um, now, I'm going to put you on the spot now, Kim, if I may. Um, what, what out of the whole park, and you've you've been at the park a long time, haven't you? Yeah, 18 years nearly. Yeah, yeah. It's a, you you clearly love your, your work and you love doing it. Do. And bef- before the show, we were conversing by email listeners and, and she told me that as a young girl, she went there and, <laughs> and looked through the gate. So you can tell. And they're, they're, the, they're the best people to have on your team, people who love the place where they work, something that we think is very important at Dogs or Infant School. So what uh, is, is something for you now, Kim? What uh, are your own favourite animals in the park? And if you could take one of our Dogsthorpe children or our school, uh, you mm-hmm. know, you had a class, if you yeah. were only allowed to take them to one animal or one creature, what Gosh. would it be? Oh, that is so hard. There's different ones for different reasons. Um, but right now, I think it would have to be the sloths just because they are so absolutely fascinating to watch move around and to just be close to. They're just fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I love, I love, I love them. I I just, I, I just found them fascinating, absolutely fascinating. And, and there are so many animals. I can see why you wouldn't. I think for me, although I could only see her from a distance, I think for me, I would go and see Anne. Yes. Um, because, and I'll tell you the reason why I would go and see Anne. It's because I I remember those circuses when, and it was in mm-hmm. a time when we didn't realise what we were doing and we did a lot of silly things with animals and we, we made them do things that they, we shouldn't have made them do. But when I was a young boy, we had circuses with animals doing tricks and things. And I know that Anne uh, was a part of all of that and she suffered under that and so it's towards the end yeah yeah so it was so lovely to see Anne outside she was actually outside of her she was in her enclosure she was outside and it was so lovely to see her so looking so happy and contented so I think I would take them to see Anne but I mean there was yeah it's tough it's it's (laughs) tough to find one thing that you would love to I mean we loved we loved the warthogs but it was it was a drizzling and they 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 decided that they weren't going to come and see us but we, we had a tiger literally walk straight past the car we had monkeys on our car doing a I think Think it was they were trying to do a car wash, but they were, well, yeah. they left other deposits. Worst thing you can do in the monkey jungle, worst thing you can do is squirt them with your um, windscreen washers because that will just encourage them to try oh, and Oh, no, off. we just left them. So, we yeah, just, just we, just, them. we just left them. We, we were very wise and we took off our car aerial, but yes. the, the car in front left theirs on. And he was mm. gnawing his way through it. It was yeah, a rubber. It's always entertaining to watch others. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, there, there's so many things to see and do, and it's yeah. well worth a trip. So, listeners, 
get over to Longleat. Uh, uh, the great thing, I mean, there's been a lot of talk on the on the TV and the radio about zoos and the, whether it's right to have a zoo. And when I got back, I spoke to one of my friends and I said, well, I'd been, and he said, I don't like zoos. And I said, but it's not a zoo. It's not a zoo. Mm. You're not looking at animals. Yeah, they're in their enclosures, but that's because you've got to keep them safe and the people who are visiting them safe. Yes, they're in their separate enclosures. You can't put tigers in with with other animals that they would eat. But you, but um, they they're free to walk around. You're you you do fantastic work with them. And I think there's only two places that I've been to so far that have really impressed me. There's your you, you, what the work that you do at Longley and the work that they do down at at Lim. Down mm. in, in Aspinalls, and that, and to see the the giraffes walking wherever they want to go, they choose. They're not trapped behind enclosures. They can walk around. They can enjoy things. They're fed at, at the right, correct height, and it's just wonderful to see. So, uh, whilst you know, London, I'm not I'm not knocking London Zoo or, or zoos like it. Um, it is lovely to see the animals having so much room. Yeah, things, I mean, we're very lucky, obviously, we have a, a big country estate, as do, you know, Port Lim and, and Woburn and all, all those other places. So, you know, with city zoos and stuff, they do have to work with the space that they've got. Yeah. Um, and obviously, science changes and people learn different things as the years go on. Uh, but some of those city zoos are responsible for saving some of the most critically endangered animals on the planet. You know, so they're so important. As much as it looks very different to what we do here, you know, what's going on behind the scenes quite often at a, a small, smaller zoo is, you know, more important. Everybody is working towards the same goal. Obviously, Longleat is too far for us to bring our little ones. I can't tell you how many toilet stops we would have to do if we if yeah, we right, came all the way it. through with our four to seven year olds. <laughs> but um, for the schools that listen to this, who we have listeners all across the UK who may be a little bit closer to Wiltshire or live in Wiltshire, um, mm-hmm. do you do you do school visits? We do. So during our closed periods, we do um, uh, outreach. So we'll go out to schools that are within. Um, an hour's radius of us, um, just obviously for the safety of the animals that we're taking with us. Um, so it's always worth um, getting in touch and asking um, if we can come to you. Um, and then obviously when we're open, we have the school sessions here on site. So um, you come to us, we give give you a, a 40 minute, 45 minute session uh, about whatever subject it is that you want, really. We've got we've got set subjects that we do, or um, you can ask us to talk about just tortoises or just yeah. lorikeets, or you do yeah. know what I mean. It doesn't matter. We've all got got our own strengths, so we just put the right keepers in the right places. Uh, but yes, yeah, so and obviously there is a, a group rate for schools as well. So again, on the website there's a there's a part for for the schools, and you can download all sorts of stuff that you can use beforehand as well. Um, and and after as well. So lots of information on the website about Br- it. Brilliant. It's and that's good to know. I mean, I, I don't know whether you do online stuff. Do you do? Do you offer online? It's something we're looking into. Yeah. Uh, because obviously we did during COVID. Um, as you'll see, if if you have a look on our education page, you'll see that there's a couple of videos um, that we did, sort of similar to this, but there were sort of four keepers. Um, and answering questions and, and things like that. So um, the teachers could download those if they needed them. So uh, we've just done a, a wildlife conference for A-level students. And um, quite a few of the teachers there had asked about 
um, Zoom calls and stuff like that. So it is definitely something we are mm. looking into doing. Mm. Because we feature a lot in our curriculum. We we feature creatures a lot and animals a mm. lot. And, of course, it's all about, you know, the world and looking after the climate and looking after the animals within it. Um, and uh, it's interesting that even when you get five- and six-year-olds and seven-year-olds, we've got a bus that it doesn't go anywhere, but it's a learning bus that can turn mm-hmm. into a virtual reality bus. And um, that if you give them a choice, the children will love swimming with the sharks. Uh, oh, <laughs> so they they just love the, so all that sort of thing. So <laughs> I would imagine that if they was if they live closer, they would love to come and see the the creatures that you've got at Longley. Now, yeah. uh, if people want to find you online and book a visit to Longley, where's the best place for them to come? Literally just Google Longley and the first one that comes up should be our official page and everything is on there. So um, at the moment, obviously, you'll get all the lovely festival light pictures and stuff come up first. Um, But, yeah, just have a look at the bar at the top. And obviously there's a a bit for schools. Uh, We do a bit for home educators as well. That's all on there. Um, And um, just general family tickets as well. So it's, it's all on there. So, yeah, just Google Longley. That's brilliant. Well, Kim, thank you for your time today. Uh, please keep in touch. And uh, when when we can, we'll come back and visit you again because we couldn't get round. We couldn't get round it all. And, and you know, we it was with a heavy heart that we drove away. Um, yeah. For, for, for all you listeners who are listening, thinking, oh, this is going to cost me the earth. Well, yeah, I mean, it, there is the, the travel to and from um, the park. Uh, but we stayed at a reasonable uh, hotel one of the hotel chains and and they were doing a deal so we stayed overnight and it wasn't that much to stay over and it was a family room so it is possible for you if you've got a couple a child or maybe two children and you want to have a a trip out here is somewhere to go where not only is it fun not only is it exciting for the children but you can all learn something precious about our world. Kim, thank you for your time today. You're very welcome. Thank you very much for inviting me. And so another great Launchpad show comes to an end. But don't worry, Eddie and Captain Dave will be back next week for another exciting trip on their learning journey. Until next time, be kind, be respectful, and don't forget to dream believe and shine. This podcast is sponsored by Eddie Edster, the Dogsorp Infant School Wellbeing Dog, part of Hampton Academy's Trust. It's a school where stars learn to dream, believe and shine.